Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, a quick thank you to our supporting partner, Cotic Bikes. Cy Turner's dream bike didn't exist. So he went out and made it, and that's basically how Kotick began. They design and build their dream bikes, and then they make them available so you too can own your dream bike. When Cy moved to the Peak District, his riding changed, and so did his dream bike. Soon after, the Rocket Max was born, a UK-made, steel-framed enduro chassis that exudes confidence, letting you know that it's got your back. I've been lucky enough to be riding a Rocket Max since 2020 as it was a dream bike for me too. The steel frame brings a level of compliance that really helps the bike breathe with the terrain and it means that it's going to stick to rough off-camber sections like nothing you've ever ridden before. At speed, the long shot geometry brings a stability that just breeds confidence, yet the bike still retains a fun, poppy personality that means you don't have to be going at warp speed to have fun. To ensure that you really are getting your dream bike, Kotick not only have multiple complete build options, but they'll let you choose any components that you want for your dream build. Kotick now have a brand new showroom in Chesterfield in the UK where you can see the bikes and meet the people who design and build them. You can also arrange for a factory collection where one of the team will set up the bike for you and your riding style. Add to that regular owners rides and events and a company ethos that strives to operate in a low impact way when it comes to the environment and gives back a good chunk of both their time and profit to the riding community. If that all sounds like your dream, then you can check them out over at kotick.co.uk. We've got a recent podcast episode with Sci 2 where you can hear more about Kotick and the Rocket Max. Just head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash Kotick slash Rocket Max. If you're enjoying the podcast, then there's a few things you can do. First and foremost, share the podcast. Maybe that's telling your friends about the show, recommending a specific episode to them that you think they're going to like, or sharing the episode on your social media. Secondly, if you found value in the podcast, I don't know, perhaps you've learned something that's helped you riding or your fitness. Maybe it's got you stoked to go riding or to come back from an injury, or maybe it's just something to pass the time when you can't be riding your bike. Then why not do a little something in return by setting up a small regular donation via my Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Big thank you to our new patrons who signed up this week. That's Kevin Lawrence and Phil Cowlin. Also, if you want to represent the podcast, then there are still downtime t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. If you want a little more downtime in your life, then you can join my newsletter where I'll provide you with a bit of behind the scenes info on the podcast, some interesting bits and pieces from around the mountain bike world, some mini reviews of products that I've been using and like, partner offers and more. You can do that over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. Otherwise, don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. You can do that by hitting the button in your podcast app now, or there's buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. All the links for all of that are over in the show notes for this episode on downtimepodcast.com. If you'd rather watch today's episode, you can do that now over on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash at downtimepodcast. I'll also stick a link to the video in the show notes over on my website, downtimepodcast.com. So it appears that a lot of you enjoyed my little pre-season Enduro World Cup chat with Katie Winton and you wanted to hear more from Katie. So here it is. We sat down to chat about the first two Enduro World Cups of the season. Find out what it was like riding at Medina and Derby. How did it feel to be back racing after nearly a year away from the circuit? How does the new point system work and how does that impact the results? Who performed well and who struggled in these opening rounds? As you'll know, if you listen to the preseason episode, Katie isn't just a rider, but also a massive fan of the sport with a great insight into what goes on. So without further ado, here's Katie Winton. 
Katie Winton. Welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. Two races down, heading into the first year of the Enduro World Cup. How's life with you? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah, all good. All good. Yeah, I'm stoked and it's great to be back here and uh, discussing racing again. It's yeah. been really exciting. It has been an exciting start to the season. Just uh, for the fans, tell us where you are. Well, <laughs> I was supposed to be home now, but I am currently in Sydney because my flight got cancelled two days ago. So I've had a extended break in a very nice city. So I've been full tourist mode and making the most of the last of some summer vibes before heading back to Scotland. <laughs> nice. Oh, you're heading back home home now, right? Not heading back oh, to yeah. New Zealand. No, I'm going home home. Coming ah, home. <laughs> She's coming home. Yeah. Fantastic. How are you, Just Chris? in time for spring. I'm good, thank you. The weather here has been much nicer the last couple of days. Been out on the bike in uh enjoying trails that are pretty much perfect at the moment, to be honest. Like Ooh. just Hero damp dare. enough. Yeah, not quite well. Hero might be stretching it a bit, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Prime conditions. Yeah. Uh, that's meant. That's good, good news. I'm looking forward to some prime condition. Oh yeah, you'll be you'll be in luck. Well, let's let's uh, let's debrief these first couple of races then. First off, mm. tell us a little bit about what it's like being back, like first race of the season, and obviously a lot's well, maybe a lot hasn't changed, but technically a lot's changed. It's an Enduro World Cup, no more EWS. Everything's changed, but nothing's changed. What was it like being back at the race with everyone? What was the vibe like? Vibe was good actually. It was still like a real nice vibe with everybody because we're so far away from everything you know so it's like still the smaller setup and just like everybody coming together again and like some new faces and new teams like the YT pit and everything was huge and those are like it was funny because a lot of them like we've never seen before <laughs> and so it was like oh look at all this whole new team of other people so that was nice and just some some new faces like on the scene and as mechanics from various different teams as well. So that was cool to come together. And yeah, just the the usual first race of the year vibes of everybody being a wee bit on edge, uh, doing their thing to get ready for, yeah, first World Cup. Yeah, I guess no one knows where everyone else is at, right? No one knows like how the training's gone, how strong people are, how fit they are, how much time they spent on bike setup. Everyone's sort of second guessing, I suppose, at that, that first race until it all shakes out. Oh, yeah, massively. You're kind of just stabbing in the dark and hoping that you come out on top. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And like we said, there were there were a lot of changes, but were there many changes for you, like, on-site taking part in the race? Did it feel much different? Um, it didn't feel too much different. Um, we were just trying to figure out how we were going to manage the reseeding thing and how that was going to go. Um it was back to a big enduro day, so that was sick. Um, obviously, we had the day off in between practice and the race, so no pro stage, but then actually a full day off. Like That's never happened before. We've always done practice straight into a race day, uh-huh. or some form of that. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was new, but actually really nice. <laughs> Quite into that. Mechanics <laughs> are into it too. They've got more time to sort the bikes out and stuff like yeah. that. So, But generally, just felt like a, another start to the season which was good nice yeah tell us a bit about that reseeding then because it's it's for the final stage right and it's based on where you're sitting in the race overall coming into the last stage is that right yes and no 
it's so now the stage is you get points for. Yeah. So you score points throughout the day. And it goes to the top ten score points. Yeah. And then you're seated on like on that, I guess, for the top ten. They'll have points if you've been in that. Anyway, if you've not gotten the top ten for that, it'll be done on your time, I'm assuming, because you've only got top ten point time things. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was confusing because you would finish and you would have a position, but it wouldn't necessarily be your position for the final stage. Got it. So, yeah, we kind of just had to wing it a little bit. I mean, I didn't, still didn't even know either. You just kind of turn up when you're supposed to go to the last stage and get put into your order, and then uh-huh. that was it. So, yeah. But the points change thing is actually really exciting as a rider and a racer because... What it means is if I really screw up on one stage, like completely throw it away and I'm at the back of the race, I can still actually score points for my overall, like in terms of the EWS ranking overall, not necessarily for that race in terms of your result of that race, but those points will go to your overall ranking at the end of the year. So the race is still on. Like before it would be like, oh, I could try and win a stage but it would just be for the glory of winning a stage. Whereas now, actually really means something. So it's quite an exciting new twist for us. The other thing is as well, you've got Group A and you've got Group B going on in both the men's and the women's. Mm -hmm. Group A in the women's is the top 10. Group B in the men's is the top 30. So, sorry, that was Group A. Did I say Group A? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Group yeah. A is top 30 in men's, top 10 in women's, yeah. Yeah, plus protected riders. So they're in the Group A. But after, whenever you go to the TAS, so the technical assistance zone, mm-hmm. earlier in the race, if you've done well in Group B, so if you are scoring top 10 positions in Group B, you will be moved to Group A in the middle of the race before you're then reseeded at the end of the race. <laughs> so there's quite a bit going on, which is exciting for us in the moment of racing because we'll do like two or three stages and then we'll have people join the group A. And you're like, oh, you know, oh, they're doing well. Because <laughs> you might not be looking at results. Often like racers won't look at results. They don't want to know what's going on. They're just in the zone, concentrating on what they're doing. But all of a sudden now it's like halfway through the race, change happens. Oh, there's some people doing well. And then you go away, do a couple of more stages, and then you actually get faced with the reality of your your result plus the points that you're scoring. And then you go right down the hill in the order that you're then in. So it's as an experience for a racer, it's completely changed. Which yeah. is, But it's made it really exciting because things are going on. Because usually in Juro, you're just time trial down every stage, boom, 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 boom. You could not look at the results all day and then find out at the end of the day, and then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Whereas it feels like you're actually, you know, in head-to-head racing, you're in the moment and you're like, oh, I'm there, there, this is happening. I kind of know where I'm where I'm at. And it, it started to give that kind of feel as a racer, like, oh, things are happening, you know, there's progress. And then it made it really exciting, which was yeah, cool because cool, I had no idea that that would be the what would happen with that kind of change. Yeah. So do you get your 
so previously ews you used to get all of your stage start times at the, before the start of the day so you knew you had to be at the top of these stages at all these times do you now only yes. get your stage start times up until the next time you go through the technical assistance zone because then no. then your stage so, starts can change or now that i have experienced this i know what happens so you all get your times for the whole day group a because they will get reseeded at the end of the day, get all their times up to the penultimate stage. So, so if there's six stages, they'll get all their times up to stage five. Yeah. Then they'll have a window for stage six. So that's when they'll then go to the um, start-finish zone, get a new mm-hmm. time, head up. Group B gets their times for the whole day. So that's all the stages. However, if you then get moved up into group A at that time that you go to the technical assistance zone, they come over and they give you a new sticker with your new mm-hmm. times. So then you're now with the group A. They've got an allotted bit of time for riders that get to move up, that get slotted in. And then you go into the whole receding scenario at the end of the day as well. Got yeah. Well, the organisers have added some work for themselves, but it's uh, it yeah. sounds like a cool a cool change from a rider perspective, like you say. Excellent. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Nice. Well, we'll talk a bit about how the points affected some stuff a bit later on. But um, first off, tell us about Maydini because sitting here as a fan watching, you know, everything I could consume from Maydini, it looks mint. I really want to go ride in there. It was mint. I believe believe the hype people it is really really good and there are endless tracks it was actually possibly the first time apart from maybe the tweed valley and like whistler maybe but where you've got such an array of trails that actually you can still ride the location and not ride the racetracks a little bit carnage there was some bits that were part of the racetracks that was made exempt so that they could leave the bike park open Mm -hmm. but there was so much you could ride and it was awesome to actually get to ride other stuff than just the racetracks so yeah i got a real good taste actually rode with the taz gravity girls on the monday Uh so they actually know where they're going so they could show us all the sweet trails so that was that was absolutely sick but yeah it was like there's something for everyone there and it is truly epic we were very lucky it didn't rain that's all i will say though (laughs) i'm really glad it was dry the conditions look pretty special and it looked like there was quite a bit of line choice i saw a few bits um from like i think it was sven's uh like um preview video riding some of the trails like there were quite a lot of bits that were taped fairly wide with a lot of options yeah, it was really interesting, actually, because I was trying to find head cams of all the trails. So once we, that was all released, try and get an idea because I was going to walk some because I like getting an idea of where I'm going. So when I come into a restaurant, I just crack on. Um, and I noticed how much was actually going on down the tracks. And then even when I did end up walking some of them, stage four, for example, is a downhill track. And it was literally taped as wide as a downhill track. So there was like an array of various different lines. Like coming into that blind would be really difficult to read and decipher. The other thing with that is on every single stage, it was almost like if you got one bit right, 
then it would lead you into the next section right and continue on right. But if you came in wrong, you were in the wrong bit, then you're into the next wrong bit, into the next wrong bit, into the next wrong bit. And so then it would just become really clunky and stop starting. And so like there was a lot of line choice, but there was a lot of like subtle line choice everywhere, like the whole uh-huh. way down. They also put in some really sick fresh cut stuff for us as well. Nice. So um yeah, that was that was really cool. It was like full blown loam, just surfing down these tracks it was it was honestly possibly the best start to this season ever (laughs) for a rider like it was sick good work Medina. and i'm guessing then with with all that sort of line choice available some level of local knowledge is always going to be valuable right i reckon so because it kind of looked similar everywhere so knowing where you were, because like the bottom section, a lot of the tracks all came together, although they were on different tracks, it all kind of looked the same. So like knowing which track you were actually on and knowing that this was actually that corner that you needed to go inside on, not from the other track, you know. So I do think some local knowledge would have come in handy. Um, even just Even just time on those tracks and getting used to the rhythm and what you're looking for as you're riding down and stuff, it would have, mm. would have been useful for sure. Just yeah. subtle. It was just subtleties that would add up, you know? Yeah. I heard Dan Booker say, cause obviously Dan built a lot of the trails that I think was involved in the build knows the area very well. And he, he was quite openly saying like there was definitely a benefit to knowing the area, but like, the way that the, the tracks were taped. It was a little bit like that final stage at the EWS in Tweed mm. Valley. They'd taken a load of other trails and sort of mashed them together into something. So you knew bits, but then the tape sort of cut across where you weren't expecting it. So there was still an element of challenge, but I guess just knowing the terrain and how the place works has, yeah. has got And help. ultimately, you can do all the riding before you want, but you still have to pull it off on the day against the world's best. So yeah. It's, it's a double-edged sword, you know? You know where you're going, yeah. but then you've got heaps of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> True. But I get what's yeah. so worth mentioning. The Yeti team were out in Tasmania ahead of that block of racing. They spent a chunk of time out there. I think they raced the Trans-Tazi Enduro mm-hmm. race um, and definitely spent a bit of time at some of these venues. What's the general like f- feeling on the whole... Yeah, I mean... It's not really pre-practice, is it? Because we don't know the stages and they're still riding Mm. blind. So they're not taking huge memories, but they're learning the terrain and the style of trail, I guess. Like how, how do people feel about that? It's a really interesting one because it's like, in one sense, it's good preparation because you can go, you decide your tires, you can figure out your settings, you know, you get an idea of what's going on so you can come in more confident. The other side is enduro's kind of been a well, it's all been always been it still is because we only get one run. It's about the, that kind of riding on instinct and not fully really knowing where you're going because it's just about riding bikes downhill, you know, on a big day like you would if you were just going out for a big ride. So because it's come from there, the the way that things are moving, for example, the Yeti team do it going early and stuff like that and sort of bringing more professionalism to the t- to the scene kind of it's 
I think I think still the culture within enduro and sort of the spirit of enduro, if you will, is about like just turning up and riding at the race. I think yeah. when there's personally, I I try and stick with if there's an event at the location where there's going to be a world race, crack on. Everybody can go along to that. It's open to everyone. You can go. You can experience. You can do their testing. Whatever. At an event, it's kind of open to everyone. But going there on purpose isn't something personally I would do, but it is good preparation. So it's a really hard way up. But again, like we've said already, it's like you might go and do that, but you've still you've then almost put more pressure on yourself because now you you do actually have you still have to actually perform on the day. Mm-hmm. You still actually have to deal with everything else and you still have to go fast. So you can do all the pre practice you want, but it doesn't necessarily equal results. Yeah. Yeah. Fair comment. Before we get stuck into talking about how Medina shook out uh, for everyone else, how did your race go? First first time back at a, <laughs> a world-level race for a wee while. Nice new shiny bike. How, mm. how was it? I had a lovely, lovely new pinky red, beautiful fast bike. <laughs> um, it, was, it was awesome, to be honest, because the trails were so sick. Like I was just absolutely buzzing on riding my bike. Um. It was quite, like, scary, intimidating, like, all of the emotions you can imagine after taking a year off to come back and go, okay, well, it's crunch time now. Like, (laughs) has it worked or has it not? And it took me kind of the whole day to sort of find my feet and try and figure out how to, like, really push again. And I really felt like I was missing the fitness after being ill so much over the winter. Like, mm-hmm. just that that little chunk on top. But I was stoked on the way I was riding. Like, so happy. I was like, man, I'm, like, feeling good on the bike. Like, and I'm committing and I'm taking risks. I'm taking some chances. And that's that's what I couldn't do last year. So to have that is awesome. And you can work on fitness. So just generally having a really positive experience at a race again was mission accomplished, you know. Ace, yeah, you seemed uh, seemed pretty happy in all the coverage that I saw, and actually, quite a few people got in touch to say like that you looked absolutely pinned and uh, and fully committed. Like quite a few people messaged and stuff, and was like, "Kate, looks oh, like nice. she's going really well." So I felt cool, awesome. <laughs> so thank you, people. I genuinely <laughs> was so stoked with the way I was riding. I was like, "Yes, this is mint," and like that's that's great. You can build from that, and you can build fitness on top of that, but. If you've not got that initially, then you've got a lot more work to do. So yeah, that was that was huge for me. Like, to, and even as a writer, when you see yourself and you're like, "I'm really happy with that," that's like that's a huge moment. Like, because there's always something you're looking at, going, "What are you doing there? Why am I doing this?" But I was like, "Um, oh, that looks as good as it feels." Like, I was really, really pleased. So Ace. yeah, yeah, good way Upwards to kick off here, the year. Eh? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's. Ch- uh, quickly touch on the U21 racing. We'll start with the with the women's, and uh, top two riders were both riders. I think that got a mention in our pre chat. Uh, thanks to you, uh, Emmy Lannan first on the Forbidden Synthesis mm-hmm. team, and uh, Aries Van Leuven. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. In second, um, thoughts yeah. on on uh, Aries? I guess first that was a rider that I think you'd seen in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got signed up with the Commonsal. Commonsal team, 
Mm-hmm. Young, young, young writer, really like young, but absolutely pinned. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pinned. So that was really exciting to see her. She won two of the stages as well, which is sick. So it was a good battle between her and Emmy for sure. And like stoked to see Emmy with a strong start to the year as well, adding to the Forbidden team being number one, yeah. which is amazing. Like that team started like 2021. Mm-hmm. And they've just built and built, and then boof, World Cup, first team. Yeah. So, yeah Not even been really a bike strong. company for that long, really, to be fair. Like, pretty yeah. new. Yeah. Good yeah. effort. So, yep. yeah. Real good from those girls. Yeah, definitely. And then in the the men's, Remy Meyer Smith taking second, a name that we're becoming increasingly familiar with through downhill and enduro. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we'll talk about his brother a bit later. Um, yeah. And then Sasha Kim, who I'd not heard of, and I've not been able to find out a huge amount about, but um, a young Aussie rider who has uh, had a pretty good start to the season. Really good start to the season. I don't really know much about him either. I'm not sure whether he working at the Medina Bike Park. I heard there was a young kid. This could be... Please, people, can you can confirm? Tell us about yeah. Sasha Kim. Let us, let us um, know. Let us know, because Remy was on fire last season. Yeah. Like, absolutely on fire. So to come in and win is incredible. Like, yeah. really, really awesome. So, yeah. It's an exciting time for the under-21s. They're, they are seriously pushing pace. Yeah, yeah, the times were pretty insane, to be fair. I think Sasha's time was only like 25 seconds off the winning time in the elite men's, over 30 minutes, which is kind of wild. He would have been sixth. Mental, huh? Yeah, he would have been sixth. That's yeah. mental. Insane, yeah. There's some, Another there's Aussie. Some fast... Another Aussie in the top 10. Yeah, the, the Aussies are making a uh, a fair, strong crew at the moment. And yeah, let's, let's talk yeah. about that men's result then, because you know, we talked about, we gave some predictions for the season, which might still pan out, but we gave some predictions in our pre-show. And um, I don't think we really touched on the top five particularly. And um, I know. Yeah, like, well, we'll start with Troy Brosnan. It's cool to see Troy... Yeah showing up to an Enduro World Cup. Um, I think he's done one or two in the past, but yeah, always good to see some, yeah, arguably one of the most consistent races in the world ever from downhill. Come and have a go. Yeah, and it was awesome watching clips of him riding and stuff on the tracks that we were racing as well. Just like, he's an amazing rider to watch. So it was really cool to have him there. And he was killing it. And... He just had a crash from five that just dropped him back a wee bit more. But my goodness, forced to be reckoned with on any form of bike, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Be interesting to see if we, we see him at any more. And then, yeah, Forbidden mm. Synthesis team coming in strong again, taking fourth and third with uh, Reese Werner in fourth, Connor Farron in third. Connor's been dabbling a bit more into yeah. EWS in the past and trying to work out, you know, what it takes. Also mm. a very good downhill rider. Um, but yeah. It's uh, it's cool to yeah, see solid. clearly that team and that bike working well. Yeah, and I I really think that Reese Werner's the absolute standout performance of the males, apart from all the key, the the Aussies. I mean that was that was incredible, but Reese Werner just in there in amongst them all, like that is that's really really a standout performance for me. Like that's. 
he's been there the whole time. He's been chipping away. He's always just been there, been there, been there. So to start the season like that, what a what a great start and a good confidence boost coming into the season. 100% for sure. And then, yeah, Dan Booker, someone who knows the area very well and definitely made that count. Um, mm. A rider that is super chill. Um, I met him briefly in Tweed Valley, super nice guy, but seems to be very laid back and relaxed about life. Um, cool to see him take a second a second place. A few people got in touch actually yeah. after the podcast and were like, watch out for Dan Booker. And, I know. Uh, I feel right. silly that we didn't mention him, eh? Because <laughs> it was like, of course Dan Booker. Because he had a really strong start to the season last year as well. So it's really awesome to see him straight back up there starting this year. And and like we've said already, like these are his home, home tracks. Like you've still got to actually perform in the day. So to to pull that off and be as consistent as it as he was, you know, coming out the start gate, winning stage one, that definitely helps. But then you've got to carry it all day. So, yeah, a really amazing performance from him. Definitely, and, and a, yeah, good way to start the season. And then Luke Meyersmith taking first place. I think I'm right in saying he's Aussie national champion fairly recently. I'd have to double-check yeah. that. Um, downhill. But yeah, in downhill, yeah. A force yeah. to be reckoned with in both disciplines. But I was still surprised to see him at the top of the timesheets. I don't really know why, but it wasn't what I expected. It's a cool result. It's an amazing result. It's an amazing result. And it was like, this is the thing as well now that we get reseeded before that last stage. It was exciting waiting for him to come down to be like, is he going to be able to do it? You know, he's he's raced all day. He's at the top, you know, he's leading. Like, is he going to, is he going to do it? So, yeah, that was it was sick being at the bottom, being like, oh, he's actually done it. That's insane. Possibly the first win for a giant bike in a duel. Ooh, interesting. Could well be. Yeah, I can't think of any. We'd have to dig back, but uh-huh. yeah, could be. Nice. Did Borelli ever win one? Did Borelli win one when he was a giant? I don't giant? think he ever took a win. I think he's had he's some podiums. podiums. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he ever took a win. So potentially... Yeah. Fact check us, people. Yeah, let us know. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, so a real shake-up to that top five. Mm. I guess um, worth mentioning some of the usual suspects. Seventh position for Richie Rude. Not not a bad performance there. I'm sure he won't be stoked on the result, but not bad. Um, Eddie in eighth always seems Mm -hmm. to be able to stick himself in the top ten, if not a little bit higher. Really strong performance from yeah, straight good that. good season opener, and then Jesse Melamed had a relatively good day out, but a couple of uh, moments, one of which became probably the viral hit of uh, of the race with his unintentional yeah. whip off that step down. That's Just strong, right? Defying, to hold on to that, defying physics, that man. Like <laughs> he was fully sideways when he hit, like landed with his bike on the ground. He was sideways, and then somehow rode out of it <laughs> like how has that even happened how has it even happened we definitely had a good solid glimpse of old jesse in this yeah, race for sure there was jesse. a lot of getting rollers rollers so yeah yeah that was that was impressive it's good and he also had crashed and hit hit a tree and killed his like looked like he smashed his leg off his bike in the tree okay. and stuff as well yeah and, practice or the race at some point anyway there uh-huh. was he posted about that yeah it looked like a hard hard crash <laughs> it was like yeah it's just, he's a he's beast some man. 
Yeah, mm. and Jack Moore, Jack Moore, a little bit further down the the timesheets, coming back from that uh, yeah. broken hand earlier in the season. Do you think there's yeah. any element in these results of like an overall approach versus a single round approach? So riders like Richie, Jesse, Jack are probably more focused on the overall maybe a little less inclined to go ham and take a massive risk, especially at the opening round of the year. Whereas other riders perhaps are more like, right, here's my chance to go win this. I know these tracks or I know this place quite well. I'm going to let rip and take some risks. Do you, th- do you think that could play into it or do you think it's just the nature of what went on? Potentially, but I think I just don't see those guys doing that because it's the first one as well. You've got uh-huh. absolutely nothing to lose. You know, you've not got, you know, you've not got a couple of results in your, in the bag, and you're leading the series, and you need to be smart. It's like you can go all out. I don't, I do not know what happened with that. Whether it was a misjudgment in the pace, whether it was all those subtleties of lines. But I mean, I don't know how much Luke Meyer Smith rides in Medina. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's really hard to know what it, what it would have been. The other performance I wanted to highlight as well was Ryan Gilchrist, who's just moved up from under 21, signed with Vietti yeah. for e-biking, and then just punts out a sixth. <laughs> Casually. <laughs> and he's great. Like I've, I've chatted with him a few times, and he's one of these young riders that's just nailing it. Like He's a really good athlete and also good at all the social media and everything like that. So it's great to see... The, like the sort of third thing coming in of that, like a result, a really good result against in the elite field. So, yes, he's going to be one to watch for the future for sure. Yeah. So, do you know if we'll see him at more enduro rounds, or is he just going to be focusing on e stuff once that gets going? Yeah, I think he'll just have to focus on the e stuff. But I'm not sure how the calendar links up if they're all if all of them have e's on them now. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know but it could be Not good sure. to see him in the e-bike you know like <laughs> he's yeah, a fit sure. guy so yeah yeah if you can stick down sixth that. against that field then you can't uh can't be doing too bad yeah yeah interesting yeah, all right let's see. move on to the women's this was a little bit more like what we might expect to see mm-hmm. um but still probably not quite what we would have predicted but i think something we we probably would have uh put some money on is isabeau taking the win and uh she she did pretty convincingly with a, a, nearly a 10-second gap to Morgan in second. That's a, mm. a great way to open your season, huh? Yeah, I was thinking that was actually quite close, 10 seconds, but yeah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. yeah. It was an impressive start. She was pretty worried as she said this um, in the video and stuff about, like, this is her was her first race uh-huh. of the year. So I'm just in awe of this woman. Like, she just turns up goes as fast as she can and it's like oh sweet <laughs> still faster done, than everybody else <laughs> she'd done no racing in the in the preseason, no none amazing yeah amazing absolutely amazing so that was that's a great start and it was great to see morgan up there as well battling with her two frenchies still like those two just come in and get the job done morgan is just super chill just comes in on her flat pedals smashes it out <laughs> Yeah. Hey, beauty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes it look yeah. easy. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yes, and then Ella Connolly in third, uh, a rider that 
definitely shines had a few bad luck things over the last couple of years maybe this season will be more kind to her but she did have a fairly significant mechanical on one of the stages i think she lost a chain pretty high up um and yeah, she, she ended stage. up actually running some of the uphill sections um so to still put it on the podium only 37 seconds back is pretty incredible considering yes Absolutely ridiculous. It's a, a really, really strong performance from Ella and she looked really great in all the clips as well. So I think we're going to see a lot more from her this year. It's really exciting. She's riding really well and got a good team around her and everything. And it's great to see that showing in the results. So hopefully the chain stays on and we'll <laughs> see her climbing that podium. Yeah, I thought her bike looked like it was working really well in all the footage I've seen of her as well. Like it looks super balanced. The frame's barely moving and the suspension's yeah. just getting the job done. Like whoever. Yeah, she's not getting thrown around or anything yeah. like that. It's just totally planted and it just, she just looks totally at one with it. Like she's riding the bike rather than being ridden by the bike. You know, it's she's like, I'm going here, we're doing this. It's, yeah, great riding. Definitely one to watch. And then Bex Barana and Harriet Harden taking fourth and fifth, putting three Brits yeah. into the top five. Um, Just like that. Yeah, amazing her. Like Bex definitely seems to have found her form since that move to Yeti, like the mm -hmm. back end of last year, well, all of last year to be fair, and then into this year, like a level of confidence in her ability maybe feels a bit higher and just constantly ticking away and getting good results. Yeah, and like a, a professionalism of the team as well and having that kind of unit. And it, I guess the vibe just must be working. Like all of that's just really clicked into place for her and she's just figured out how to access her full potential. And it's um, it's showing like consistently all last year and straight into this year as well. So it's for these three Brits, very exciting. They're tussling together. So maybe yeah. it's the year of the Brits rather than the Frenchies. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah, well, we'll definitely talk a bit about how that played out in, in Derby. Um, before we do that, Valley Hole turned up for the first couple of rounds. Pretty cool mm -hmm. to have the Downhill World Champion show up for a bit of Enduro World Cup as well. Um, well, how was it having Valley involved? And then, like, thoughts on her performance, like two stage wins? It was sick. Well, I was riding around with her because she started just in front of me. So it's pretty sick, like, watching at the start of the first stage and just, just watching a champion at work, you know, and just being like, what do you what do? you do? Because you <laughs> do have to do this at the top of a downhill race. So what's what's her routine? What's she up to? And, and then seeing, like, that first stage was so gnarly because, first of all, it was freezing. It was so <laughs> cold. We were all cold. I did everything I possibly could to be warm. As soon as I started moving through the air, my arms were freezing. So your bike's cold, everything's cold. The ground was slightly slick. It was riding quite different to the other day. So you're dealing with all that as well. And she still comes out right on on the money on that first stage and then just carries it on until she takes a massive stack. So like really impressive performance just to come in and do all the pedaling, which she doesn't like and really smash it out so yeah incredible was good. and she's she's super chill you know what i mean like she's not coming in like i'm somebody she's coming yeah. in like i'm gonna try and figure out how i'm gonna ride the jewel <laughs> yeah it's interesting <laughs> you know? she's think, almost just like, as nervous as us it's she's just like coming and doing some biking and that's yeah. rad yeah it's unusual i would say to see someone in her 
position, like quite young, still a lot left to tick off in the downhill world. Even though she's, you know, won an overall one world champs, it seems crazy, but I think there's a lot more to come mm. from Valley. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool to see her like push herself and challenge herself. She seems to have a really open mindset to go and take on different things. And I guess Cecile Ravenel, who's her, her kind of bike coach is behind a lot of this, um, like steering her in those directions, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Just encouraging her to sort of broaden her horizons a little bit. And I think as well, it's a good message to send to everybody because often like when you get good at something, you don't want to risk not being good at something else. It takes mm-hmm. away from your other stuff. But having the this, this the courage just to be like, cool, I'm just going to give it a go and see what it and it doesn't actually change the fact that she's Valley Hall. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody cares how she gets on an enduro. Like it's <laughs> like, yeah, we all still think you're totally rad because you're you're a world champ downhill racer. However good yeah. you are or not at enduro doesn't actually matter. But I think as an athlete, sometimes you get it in your head that that starts to eat at your your uh, self image for your other sports. So yeah, it was really cool just coming yeah. in, getting involved. And smashing it. <laughs> yeah, really cool to see. So Valley finished in in 10th in the race. And this is where we can see some of the um, examples of the point system changing things a bit. So Kate Weatherly finished 7th, Valley finished 10th. But because of those two stage wins, that pulls Valley up in the overall. So after the first race, Valley was in 7th and knocked Kate Weatherly back into 8th. So it is interesting, yeah. right? These these uh, points are potentially going to shake things up a bit over the course of the season. So stage wins really do count. Yeah, massively towards that world overall title. It's crazy. (laughs) So you don't really, you're in the race and you're like, cool, well, I've done this result, but I need to check what my stages were to know how that's actually affected the overall. So yeah, yeah, it's really adding another layer of complexity. Definitely. another puzzle and we should talk a bit about Kate Weatherly so Kate's new to Enduro World Cup I think we've seen her on the downhill circuit in the past and perhaps a little bit of a tricky time to enter a discipline because Kate is a transgender athlete and last month World Athletics decided that transgender women who went through male puberty can no longer compete in women's events at international competitions the ruling with the UCI is different so they specify a maximum amount of testosterone over a certain period of time, I think, which was reduced in an update in 2022. So it's now at 2.5 nanomoles per litre for 24 months. So there is a difference there between World Athletics and UCI. What's your kind of position on on this side of things? Because it's, it's a debate that can create a lot of, uh, a lot of noise, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely a really tricky one and it's changing all the time at the moment. But ultimately, from my side, and I feel like a lot of mountain bikers, we want our sport to be inclusive. We love mountain yeah. biking. We want people to feel welcome no matter what they look like, who they are. You know, it doesn't, doesn't shouldn't matter because bikes are just bikes and we're just here to ride them. So yeah. that's, that's what I believe. And ultimately we want to operate around this with facts and science when it comes to competing, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we want. Um, and that I, we've just got to trust that the governing body is going to make the right calls and keep up to date with ev- everything and the more research that comes out because it's quite a subject that, that there is not a lot of research out there and there does need to be a lot more done to really 
make the correct calls yeah. to make sure that racing is as fair as possible. So ultimately, as an as an athlete, I'm distrusting that the government body is doing everything it can to keep racing as fair as possible. And you know, it's great to have Kate along and and racing with all of us. Well said. All right, shall we move on to Derby then? We've got a a week between the two, so not a lot of time back to back after what was a pretty big weekend out in Medina. How do you spend that week? Like there's some travel to get done, there's recovery to think about. What goes on for you over that week? Um, Well, we first of all did a bit of a drive around because obviously the tracks get shot and stuff like that, so you can't do too much riding. You also need to recover because you've just absolutely annihilated yourself the whole day. That was actually a super physical race because there was actually quite a lot of pedaling, but the downhills were so physical because you were pumping, you were getting rattled all the time. So it was like, it was complete screw everything, whole body, (laughs) mind, all the lot. So you're totally useless. So the next day we did a bit of a tour around the the coast of uh, Tasmania just to sort of calm down, spend time with the team, be doing normal human stuff. And then, then you just start again. It's like, cool, right, what do we need from the shop so that we can make dinner, you know, get get settled into the new accommodation, figure out what track's going to ride. The other thing with this race was it wasn't on Sunday, it was on Saturday. So then that meant that practice was on Thursday. So then actually you've only got Monday travel day and then you've got Tuesday and Wednesday and then you're straight back into it. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty full on. <laughs> and tell us a bit about the venue then, because it's very different. Very different, but it's also very different to when we were there in 2017 and 2019. And this is actually one of the times that it's been totally rad to be a racer, because coming back to that town and seeing how much it's changed and developed, like how many more houses there are there, how many more cafes and just way more infrastructure going on and that that mountain biking has brought a whole economy to that town. Like, and, and, and it's like, I played a very small part in that by just coming to these races and racing them. And that's, it was like really cool going back there and, and seeing everything that's changed. The trails themselves are completely different to Medina. So Medina was like eight, 900 meter drop and we got shuttle twice. This is a couple of hundred meters high and the trails, so Medina were quite narrow, technical, bike parky. These are bike parky, but they're wide. They're like a meter wide with huge slab rock sections and a lot of pedaling. <laughs> And it's usually really fun because it's dry. So when you pump, you move. But practice, it, biblical rain rained. It was insane. It was insane. (laughs) I legit could not believe how much it was raining. And so like these trails that don't have the same sort of gravity element to them, all of a sudden we're running extremely slowly. And so it was like quite a shock to the system of like, we've gone from full gravity, dry riding to like mushy, wet, flat riding. And they are really fun trails. But as a racer, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to really pedal to like do well at a race down here. 
if you're just riding down, it's like the best time ever. But when you've got a race, you're like, oh no, I'm going to sprint out every single one of these corners. Hard work. So you made some setup changes to the bike, right? To try and make that uh, a little bit better. Yeah. Well, I knew about this. I knew what we were in for months ago. And okay. when we moved to Conti tires, I was like, I want to run the lighter casing, harder compound. Mm-hmm. So it's their enduro compound. Um, and I'm just going to make it work because, and then also because I realized that where my fitness was the week before, I was like, I need all the help I can get. You can kind of get away with the, the, like the rocks, rock there's granite. It's super grippy. So you don't need mega grippy tires. The no. dirt is really grippy. So you don't need mega grippy tires, but it is flat <laughs> and free speed rolling is huge, especially when you're not peaking on form so yeah i i made that call and it definitely paid off for me so did you change to the harder compound lighter sidewall front and rear or just rear front and rear yeah okay and actually we couldn't source a front crypto tile anywhere so i ran Uh two rears so rear on the front and on the rear yeah i had run like we've had limited experience on these tires because obviously it's like we've had two and a bit months to try and try all the different treads and Mm. figure out you know there's so much you've got to try pressures treads conditions you know you you don't you can't try everything in that time so i'd had a bit of experience on it on the front and it was enough to know that okay there's still grip here it's not you know it's it's actually still a totally mint tire. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. completely fine. I was taking a bit of a risk with potential punctures, but the rocks are so round there that I wasn't worried about it. And also because it's so grippy, I was like, oh, I think we can get away with this. So no inserts or anything like that. Just keeping the rotating weight as low as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I f- in fact, I rode because it was so cold. It was cold again. I ran. I think I ran 20 in the front and 22 in the back, which is slightly more than a run with the downhill, but it's still pretty low. Yeah. So. Cool. Plenty of grip still to be had, but yeah, helped. Talk us talk us through your race in Derby then, because uh, it looks like it went pretty well. Yeah, it was a really funny one, because it was dry on race day, but I was in group B, so I went off way earlier than all the other girls, like an hour earlier. And I think it was wetter for us just slightly wetter for us which meant it was rolling slightly better than an hour later when it's starting to dry and get real tacky i think Mm -hmm. that's what went on because there's a lot of girls in group b doing a lot better than group a which didn't really make much sense and that's the only thing i could kind of figure out but i mean all of us finished stage one and we were like that was awful (laughs) because it was running slow and there was like an uphill in the middle of it and we just had to pedal all the way down we were just like wow that was savage and then my head was down i did those first three stages and i was coming back into the pit and i was like oh boys like the mechanics the mechanic who the day before just stripped my whole bike and made it absolutely mint and i was just like i'm ruining i'm just ruining it it's just (laughs) just there's no point here and they were just like can we tell you how you're getting on i was like yeah yeah tell me how we're getting on and they were like you're like, you're doing really well. You're doing really well. Those are like top 10 stages, all this. I was like, no way. I was like, well, it feels awful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I think the thing was that race, those, especially those first three stages did just feel awful. Like they were just that little bit soggy, 
you had to put in a lot more effort than you kind of wanted to. Uh-huh. You weren't moving. It didn't give you a good feeling. You had to really push and it didn't feel like it was for anything. And I think that that's, that was a huge part of the race because you, if you were in Group A, you've had a good race the week before and then you come down and then you're not, you're not even getting good first stage results and stuff like that. Your head's going to drop massively immediately because you're like, oh man. Because that sets the tone for the whole day unless you can yeah. turn it around. Luckily, I got a nice boost because I got put into Group A. But the rest, everybody else is like, man. And then you're not getting good feedback from the trails because you're having to work so hard, not realizing that actually it's the same for everybody. Everybody's having a really hard time having to work really hard. The, the saving grace was that the crowds were amazing. Like in both Medina and in Derby, the people showed up and they were just loving it and so like we're putting all this work in and suffering so hard but everybody is absolutely loving it that you're still vibing anyway you know it was it really really made the event so it was a sick day out biggest crowd yet an enduro do you think oh i don't know ireland back in 17 and Mm. 16 is still ridiculous how many people are there for that but for sure like in a tiny little island in tasmania when there's a lot of other events going on it's a solid mountain bike contingent coming yeah. out so, yeah it's a good sign that yeah. the sport's healthy right if people are coming out to watch it yeah absolutely nice all right let's talk about some of the other results and uh your mate eris van leuven took a victory in derby how cool is that absolutely amazing and she won every stage clean sheet which we now know is massive for points yeah because they still get points they just only get them for the top five uh-huh so Huge. yeah that was that was a seriously sick performance from her and um, and on such a physical physical race as well for a youngster yeah. it's meant really, really incredible good, so yeah yeah and ellie hoskin very, in second a young mm-hmm. another young canadian rider um, yeah, don't a know much about Ellie. Minute and a half behind. Yeah. Wow. Big gaps. That was that was a performance for sure. Yeah. Where would she have come in the in the women's? Uh, outside the top ten, but not a million miles. Fifteenth. Yeah. Four, 16th, sixteenth. Impressive wow. stuff. For, yeah, impressive stuff. Girl. Yeah. yeah, very cool, very cool. So definitely, and then Sasha Kim again in the men's. Yeah, and Thingway, what's his name? Remy, back in 29th. Yeah, do we know what happened there? I don't I do not know what happened to him there. Something must have happened, but I, I don't know because he's he's kind of consistently showing. Apart from stage five where he was fifth and three where he was fourth, he was just back. But, I mean, f- stage three and five were the more downhilly ones of the lot. Mm-hmm. So, it's, who knows what happened. It depends whether, because I think Luke had the flu, so whether he's picking up a bit of that as well or not. or Maybe they were both know. suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then Cooper Lone, still- the Aussie, in second. Solid result for him, ahead yeah. of... Uh, Lisandro Bettini from Lapierre Zip Collective in third. So back on the podium yeah. for that guy, so that's awesome. 
yeah, bit of a shake up there. We'll be uh, keeping an eye on those junior names throughout the season, see whether that changes yeah. when we move to uh, back to Europe. But yeah, let's, see if um, Sasha's coming to the rest as well because he's had a great start. <laughs> yeah, do you know if he's got much of a sponsorship deal? I couldn't really work out. I have no. absolutely no idea. All right, absolutely Sasha, no if you're listening, Sasha, get in touch and let us know. Yeah. yeah, come on the Downtown Podcast and fill us all in. There we go. All right. <laughs> let's 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 talk about the women's then because it got muddy and the Brits shone. Uh, they shone yeah. pretty well the week before, but they shone really well in, in Derby. Uh, another win for Bex. Yeah. Incredible. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Sounded like she was just totally in that zone, full full state scenario, just nailing it. And yeah. that, I mean, what a feeling. Like to have a day like that and come out on top. That is that is the dream of every racer. So, yeah, awesome to see her pull it, pull it off and put it all together. Very successful day with Yet for Yeti. We'll talk about that soon. For sure, yeah. And she seemed super relaxed. I watched the highlights program, and that there was a, they had a chat with her at some point between stages, and she just seemed she was just like, yeah, I'm just having a good day out on my bike. I'm enjoying myself. It's going well. Like, yeah, like you say, it can't doesn't get any better, right? When it comes easy, that's got to be the dream win. Absolutely, because then you just you're just doing it because it's just happening, and it's not it's not a problem. Nothing's a problem, and you're so unfazed by everything. Like that is, and that's robustness on her part as well to just be that solid on every level. Like it's so hard as a racer to have all the pieces of the puzzle together at one point. Mm-hmm. So for her to have have nailed that, it's, it's really awesome because her her off season wasn't without its its difficulties. You know, she it was only like a few weeks before the race season that she smashed her face off the ground. You know, so yeah. she had her doubts coming in, able to put that to to the side and then just pull out an absolute blinder of a day. Awesome. Maybe kitchen renovations are good training then. Maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Hattie, Hattie, Hattie kept her pretty honest throughout the day and I think Hattie had a crash or hit something and smashed a brake lever back to the bar on uh, on the final stage so she was riding a lot of that final stage with just a front brake I think um, which yes. sort of set her back a fair chunk um, which is crazy but even so yeah still only 8 <laughs> seconds off at over 30, 30 minutes of racing yeah really really close like really close so it's, yeah. And I think Hattie as well, like just building in, it seems like. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. All these girls are going very fast and it's so tight. You can't make one wrong move. It's like you get something wrong and boof, you're way out the back. So, yeah. 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 And then yeah, a, sm- a, a bit more of a gap, but still not much. 25 seconds to mm-hmm. Ella Connolly in third. Ella said she was struggling with energy due to like PMS, I think, throughout the weekend. It must be yeah. hard because that's something that's, I guess, to some extent, well, to a greater extent, out of, you, out of your control as an athlete. Yeah, pretty much completely out of, out of your control. And you're kind of just at mercy of it as well. Everybody's completely different on how how it affects you and so it's it's really tricky and also like it only seems to be now certainly for me in the last couple of years learning about women's physiology and actually tracking your cycle and knowing when you're having good and bad days and knowing when at what point in your cycle that you're at your best and it's 
you just you're really just at the mercy of your hormones and it's pretty it's really quite savage and so I think it's great that Ella spoke about that said look this is this is a thing that's going on because it normalizes it for the rest of us you know yeah. and I, I would encourage any females listening even males and and especially any male coaches to be checking out Dr. Stacy Sims and getting involved with her research because she is sort of spearheading women's physiology and as an athlete um, for athletic performance but then also into menopause and everything and and how to manage that too so there's so much really really interesting information and how to actually work with your cycle learn about yourself and yes made a big difference to me because I know like I'll have this weird off day completely lose my mojo not be able to ride and I'll be like what is going on and before, I would have just been like, I can't ride. That's it. I've lost it. I'm, you know, I can't stand and sober, you know. Then I'll look at the, my, my tracker and I'll be like, oh, that's bang on the same time every single time. It's just that particular day. And then you go, okay, cool, carry on. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff out there. Dr. Stacey Sims, check her out. Okay. Yeah, Learn send me a link stuff. and I'll, I'll stick it in the show notes so people can find yeah. it nice and easy. She's totally onto it. It's really interesting. Interesting. Well, and they say, you know, championships are won on your off days. Maybe that's one of those results that Ella's going to rely on towards the end of the year when we're looking at the overall battle. Certainly it's something that Isabeau is going to be looking at as well. And fourth place, only 48 seconds back. She had quite a rough run with a, a practice injury to her leg, I think. Yeah, calf. Yeah. This woman, I I <laughs> really love Isabeau. I think she's absolutely awesome. She is the epitome of grit and resilience and just an absolute champion you know and exactly as you say the the championships are won on your bad day and if that's that's her bad day and it's fourth you know wow that's that's absolutely awesome so I was I was really stoked to her to to see her straight back like right up there still even with that kind of injury because it was so peddly you kind of really need your calf you know so she was really happy as well like she just was trying to be in the top 10 mm-hmm. to, to save some points because now it's all about points um so she was over the moon to be fourth like absolutely awesome yeah strong performance and a couple of strong performances from riders we've probably not heard much from in the past sitting on the result sheets with no official teams next to them the first of those is barbara pridkova a czech ex cross-country rider i think do you know much about barbara no she was on the scene last year but i didn't meet her because i wasn't there and i met her this year absolutely smashing it and it's absolutely awesome so i was just checking out some um of her instagram to just see what she's about and stuff like that and She's posted about having really bad abdominal pain when she does intervals over 15 minutes. And that's what's taken her out of cross country. So she's obviously found her way into enduro Uh and and seems to be having a much less painful time, which is brilliant. And she's killing it. (laughs) Yeah, she's clearly got the technical skills. Absolutely. So it's like I can just imagine being in that situation and have and just being like I can't do the sport that I love, and then just refinding that love with enduro and being like, but now I can do it without the pain. And yeah. she's killing it. So yeah. that's really exciting. She did some post 
posted some good results last year. I think she was just outside the top 10 and in the top 10, one or two of the rounds. So like strong from the get-go. Like last year yeah. was her first season in Juro. And now she's straight back here with that sixth position. Good work. In, in Derby, so yeah. yeah and this exciting. is, you know, this is a similar path to the one that Hattie took, right? Coming from a cross-country mm -hmm. background and then uh, working out how enduro works and doing pretty well at it. So be interesting yeah. to keep an eye on Barbara and see how she gets on. And then the other rider on that list in seventh place was Leanna Curtis, who I think has a bit of support from Yeti. I'm not quite sure what the setup is there. Not really. It's really amazing. I spoke okay. to her as well because we were both pals in the group B and then we were the two upgraded to group A. So yeah. I was chatting with her. Absolutely lovely. Came from BMX, ah. discovered mountain biking, absolutely loves it. Um, unfortunately, two weeks before the season, got her all her bikes stolen. No. All of them stolen. <sighs> yes. All of them stolen. Very stressful. Then I think if I read it correctly that she got a bike from a bike shop, so she's got the Yeti again. But, like, just got on the bike, like, the week <laughs> just for the race. So, like, not her bike, just a borrowed bike, slightly different size to the bike she had before, just jumps on it, absolutely obliterates it. Because she, <laughs> she did a strong performance in, in Medina as well and then just fully backs it up with a seventh place. Like, seriously impressive. She didn't even practice the, la the, first, the last stage. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> just just ride it well like very exciting rider and I think we're going to see a lot more from her so hopefully we'll see her out there and getting some more support yeah definitely that was, that's work. a serious result but like the yeah. depth of field in the women's is insane at the moment like you like I was saying you can't put a foot wrong otherwise you're panted out so yeah. to be able to just jump straight into the mix of that like on a bike you don't even know yeah mm. impressive yes yeah yep. let's talk about a couple of riders briefly that maybe haven't had the start to the season that they'd want ALN is a rider that we were hoping for the best from waiting for the the results it's not quite gone her way yet so far this season any insight there no really really tough one um I know for Derby that she was actually ill she picked ah, up yes some sort of illness yeah, earlier in the week and even when she started the race she wasn't sure if she would even finish so no. to see her there at the end of the day she was pretty happy with that so and like still posted a ninth on the downhill stage on stage three so yeah I'm not I'm not really sure just not quite there needs a bit more racing before the season she said and yeah I think we know there's a lot of changes in that team as well like it's yep. You can't quantify how much that can take out of you as a rider and, and your performance to deal with just just a different environment, different people, and you've got to figure out so much. And, yeah, it's it's definitely been a tough start for her, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. at least when you're dealing with all that and you still post good results, you can kind of keep it going. But when it compiles like that, it's really, really rough. So she's good. She'll have two months to get organized and get sorted and I'm, I wouldn't count her out yet for sure. She'll no, for definitely sure. be back. She is very, a fierce competitor. She'll very sure talented rider. 
Yeah, it'd be good to see. And then your teammate, Noga Koram, had a, a good ninth place in the first round, but sat out uh, Derby with a head injury. How's Noga getting on? Yeah, she was all right. You know what I mean? Like, not not okay, but not terrible, which is mm-hmm. good. You know, you just yeah. just making a really smart call. It was a really, really hard call. You know, nobody wants to sit out of any race, but ultimately we need to look after our brains and she wasn't okay enough to put herself at risk of another head hit. So definitely a smart call and, you know, hopefully a, a swift recovery so that she can get back to it and then, um, yeah, see her good. in two months' time. Yeah, we got a good chunk so of time for that. continue the top tens. Yeah, good stuff. Let's move on to the men's in Derby then. And uh, certainly the number one spot is a little bit more like what we've become used to seeing. Young Mr. Richie Rude, um Again, incredible performance from him. Incredible performance from the Yeti team in general with uh, Luca Sick in uh, second place as well. It's looking ominous. Between the two of them, they won every stage. (laughs) I hadn't hadn't spotted that. Oh, no. Jesse Mellon had one of them. Jesse took three. Yeah, yeah. Jesse took three. But between the two of the other two, they won the rest of them. (laughs) Amazing. Very impressive either one, two, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really, really impressive from both of them. So, yeah, a really strong start. I can imagine that Richie wasn't that happy about getting beat the week before. So <laughs> <laughs> I heard him in he an interview been... with Sven in the Miss Spent Summers uh, podcast thing saying, sort of playing it down and saying that he was all right with that thing. But yeah, it's not, it's not what you want, is it? He's clearly like yeah. sitting in that number one position for the men on that team and, I'm assuming that's where he wants to stay, but it looks like he's got a battle on his hands. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's been a while. Like, I think Casper was going to be a leveler for Richie as well. Like, it was exciting to see where he could, could be, but never really got to show us show us what he had. So now he's got, he's got a real teammate. And when you've got that kind of thing going on in a team, you're just pushing each other all the time. Yeah. So it's exciting for both of them, you know? Really exciting. Yeah, and Jesse putting himself into a, a good third place. I think he was pretty happy with that. I heard him say that he was stoked on it and he he didn't think that he could trouble the top two. Like he didn't know where the speed was to do that, which is pretty scary in itself, right? Because Jesse's definitely had the mark of those riders in the past. So like you say, maybe that those two pushing each other really has elevated to something even beyond what Jesse can turn on. Yeah, absolutely, and he was a, he was a wee bit far off for this, but um, yeah, I I just think Jesse's performance is pretty impressive to go to do all the changes that he did all all winter and then just turn up and then he was saying that before the season, like just before he flew out, it was like we got another batch of bad weather out there, so it's like. Play, that's playing into like oh gosh if I had enough bike time blah, blah blah I've also changed everything on my bike so like to <laughs> yeah. to nearly die and then not die in the first race and then to come back and <laughs> pull a third I think he's off to a really great start for the canyon setup so yeah yeah pretty exciting impressive from Jesse's perspective but also from everyone who supported him to get to that point mm-hmm. to get the bike ready to get everything set up to get him tuned in on all the suspension and the product like that's a fair effort from Canyon, SRAM and Jesse mm. to get on top of it. So yeah, it's rare to see a rider make 
a big change, a change as big as that and get straight back on the pace. So that's that's cool. Another rider that it was good to see back on the pace, Jack Moyer, fourth place. Saw him ride into a rock on, I think it was stage five, which must have cost him a little oh, bit yeah. of time. So he had to get <laughs> off and push. He was cursing he his rookie mistakes. <laughs> yeah, but cool to see, right? We were we were we were wondering yeah. whether that hand was gonna hold him back. Mm. Um, but it seems to have found his form and he was yeah, pretty close to Jesse in the grand scheme. Yeah, I think this was a lot less demanding on the upper body this particular okay. race. So hopefully potentially could have been a bit nicer on his hands you know there was bigger impacts but less often yeah. so that maybe allowed him to to come back a little bit more but yeah it's great to see him straight back up after the week before you know like you've got you've got to turn that result around accept where you are but then push for more so yeah it's good yeah. Back in the and the vibe the vibe in that yt mob pit seems pretty good all things told taxi had a good race i think and like they seem to be keeping yeah. it upbeat and working yeah. their way up the timesheets have you been watching the moi moi tv <laughs> yeah it's good eh? now that they he's got so someone, funny yeah he's got someone doing the video for him matt stags i think doing yeah. that and it's just helped like improve the quality of the visual and the turnaround of the videos and everything and it's it's good coverage yeah. eh and they're funny those two yeah. together are funny. Texie and Jack are funny together when he when Jack's being German and Texie's being Jack. It's really it's, that's good. That's what you want, you know. It, it's like bike racing is just bike riding at the end of the day, and you just want to be having fun. So if you've got that kind of vibe in the team, it makes a hell of a difference, you know. It's just it just a good time. Yeah, they are having good times for sure. Martin Mays sliding it into fifth again. A rider that we expect to see at the top. Um, I think you said he'd had a second child pretty recently before the start of the season, yeah. Um, yeah. but certainly doesn't seem to be holding him back. I saw he's supporting a nice middle-aged neck warmer through uh, at least through practice. <laughs> um, but yeah, incredible What's result called? from Martin. So the battle's mm. on, right? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of the sort of familiar names that we usually see at the top of these uh, results sheet. And I, I don't know, like people are like, oh, is it because it was more like a proper enduro, the derby one? But I think it's just figuring out the pace and mm. figuring out the intensity and just, you know, getting a wee bit wrong for the first one because now everybody's straight back on it. Yeah, that makes total sense. And then, yeah, a few, a few other riders that, like Yin Denio going well on that giant. I think he was ninth in Medina, sixth in, yeah. in Derby. So that's good to Two see. Top Some tests. consistency. Really yeah. solid because he's he's been right there very often and then we'll screw something up and then just drop way down the results sheet so it's great to see him posting some real consistent top tens you know yeah so yes hopefully he can keep that up all season and we'll actually start to see what he's truly capable of yeah charlie murray seventh place one to watch from our pre pre-season chat um so good to always. see that happening always mm-hmm. nice and then dan booker backing up right eighth place yeah solid Really solid, which has kept him second in the overall too. Yeah, impressive. And then the bat, the yeah. the pivot factory racing battle was uh, yeah. was tightly fought. It was really close between those two, but Matt just pipped Eddie this time. What is it? It's like yeah, less than point like, one of a second, I think. Yeah, less than that. It's ridiculous. Like point zero four. <laughs> it's mad, eh? But <laughs> Can it's you cool, tell right? they train together? 
<laughs> yeah, those riders always just seem, wherever they're at, downhill or enduro, they always seem to be able to put in really solid results. It's really quite impressive. Across yeah. the board, because those boys, they come across, like, you know, just sort of the party boys, just, you know, out there messing around, doing all the surfing and all that. They're grafting real hard. And and the physical race like this, there's no hiding. And there they are, right there. It's sick. Yeah. It's really yeah. sick. They've got a good work-life balance for sure. They have. They managed uh, to mix fun and hard work really successfully. Really, really well. Yeah, it's great. Impressive. <laughs> All right, let's take. We well, mentioned the overalls. Let's take a quick look at the overalls. Oh, yeah. um, we'll start with the men's. Then Richie Rude is in the lead for now. Um, yeah, eight round about eighty points clear, a bit less than eighty points clear of Dan Booker. But yeah, solid work mm-hmm. from Dan and Luke still hanging on to third as well, and uh, Luke yeah. moving up to fourth, Jesse in fifth. So it's a bit mixed up, I guess. It's not quite what we'd expect, but Richie at the top is a fairly good bet, I would say. Yeah, fairly good bet. And it's just, like, it's it's so uncertain now because it's like, yeah, you can win races, but unless, like, you, you could, somebody else could win a lot of stages and take a lot of points off you as well. So it's like so many other ways to move up that overall result sheet so it's going to be really interesting to see how it changes as we progress through the season and who does who does what and how how those stage times actually affect it yeah still a lot to play for and then Bex Baron, I saw her Instagram post. I think she was pretty much lost for words, which is unusual for Bex, right? She's a pretty good chatter. Um, <laughs> taking the overall by, I think, 17 points with Izzo in second and Ella in third. Um, yeah. Yeah. And incredible this is way to start. Because Isabel and Bex have the same results. Both have won and both have come fourth. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there's 17 points difference. Just from the the new system. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There you go. Interesting. It's happening already. Yeah. Yeah. So last year they'd have been on the same points, right? They'd have been equal. Yeah. And that, because I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. So that's just because Bex won the most recent round. That's why she's won it. And then I was like, no, it'll be to do with the stage points. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about how much that might shake things up, but yeah, it's already starting to play in. Excellent. We have got a lot of more racing and some exciting stuff coming. But yeah, a big gap now, right? What What do you do? Two months yeah. off, just on the beach, right? On the beach. That's me for two months. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll, I think me like a lot of riders are taking a week off this week just to well once we get back into our time zones if I ever make it back. <laughs> um, yeah, just to chill out reset give the body some time to just come down because you know those those first two are so intense you've got a lot of emotion a lot of everything going on and then you need to come down allow the body to recover re-regulate and then crack back into it i think this is the time where we'll see a lot of riders you know you've done these two races you review what's happened where your weaknesses are and what you need to work on and then do something about it and for a change we've actually got a lot of time to do something about it so we can be effective with that and uh yeah mix it up some more interesting a busy time mm-hmm. well uh thanks for taking the time to sit down and chat all things enduro world cup it's been a wicked start to the season great to see the vast majority of people fit and healthy and going for it cool to see you back at the races and yeah maybe we can uh, chat again in a few more races time and see how the season's panning out 
Yeah, I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, keen to hear from the people. If you want more, tell us. <laughs> yeah, let us know your thoughts. And also, if you're Sasha Kim, get in touch and tell us more about you. Yes, <laughs> we want to know. Tell us about you. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, safe travels back. Hopefully you actually get a flight home uh, tomorrow, yeah, is it now? Thanks. Yep, I hope so. Bright and early in the morning. That'll be me. Good stuff. On route. All right, safe travels and enjoy Scotland. Yeah, take care, Chris. Thanks very much. All right, that's it for this episode with Katie. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thank you to Kotick for supporting this episode. If you want to build your dream bike, then check out Kotick's UK-made 160mm travel enduro bike, the Rocket Max. It's an insanely capable bike that breeds confidence at speed but retains a fun personality on the trails. Kotick have multiple build options and the ability to customise those too. With Factory Collection now available at their new HQ in Chesterfield in the UK, you can even get one of the teams to help you set up your bike. Add to that regular owner's rides and events and a company ethos that strives to operate in a low-impact way when it comes to the environment and gives back a good chunk of their time and profit to the riding community. If that all sounds like your dream, then you can check them out over at kotick.co.uk. That's Kotick spelled C-O-T-I-C. Don't forget that if you want to help support the podcast, then the best way to do that is now by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a donation there. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I know that times are tough for a lot of people right now, so if that doesn't work for you, then no worries. But if you're able to support, then it's very much appreciated. We're going to have a lot of awesome content coming your way over the course of 2023, so make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app or head into downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can also get a bit of extra downtime by signing up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that by telling your friends about the show, sharing the podcast on your social media, joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash downtimepodcast, or grabbing yourself some merch at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. That's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>